smashing. Give everyone the best possible start to the day. See special packs for details. Smashing. In this episode of the Smashing Podcast, we're talking about Eleventy. What is it and how does it fit into your Jamstack workflow? We talked to Renaissance man David Dance to find out. But first, did you know that Smashing Magazine publishes a brand new article to the website five days a week? That's a lot to keep up with, but we're here to help. It's your weekly update. In Introducing Frame Emotion, Neef Emadamaro Atori notes that animations, when done right, can be really powerful. However, creating eye-catching animations with CSS can be tricky. With Frame Emotion, you don't need to be a CSS expert to make beautiful animations. It provides us with production-ready animations and a low-level API we can interact with to integrate these animations into our applications. Hooray! Precious and Dubuisi writes about authentication in Vue.js. Every web application that handles user-specific data needs to implement authentication. Knowing how to do this is important for Vue developers, and that's what this article aims to shed light on. This tutorial is perfect for those with experience of Vue and Vuex who haven't implemented authentication before. In How We Run Online Workshops, Smashing Magazine CEO and co-founder Vitaly Friedman highlights how many companies have had to be very creative in the last few months in rethinking conferences and workshops that would normally take place in person. In this article, Vitaly shares how Smashing runs online workshops and online conferences these days and the lessons learned along the way. Ibrahima Andor walks us through how to build a GraphQL server using Next.js API routes. This guide will teach you the basic of Next.js API routes, starting by explaining what they are and why API routes are useful compared to REST or GraphQL APIs. It goes on to guide you through a step-by-step tutorial of how to build your very first GraphQL server with Next.js and the GitHub API. And in the principles of visual communication, Elizabeth Lynn points out that even though we're taught to communicate with words, writing essays, preparing speeches, and taking written notes, words aren't always the best option for conveying information and ideas. Sometimes the best way to tell stories is through thoughtfully created visuals and not long paragraphs of text. In this article, you can find out how to get started in doing precisely that. And that is your weekly update. Find all these and more at smashingmagazine.com slash articles. He's a freelance designer, front-end developer, and writer based in Bristol, UK. With over 11 years professional experience, he's built up skills in design, UI development, and front-end development, working with names such as Ghost, Stackbit, and Basekit. In his spare time, he also shares his knowledge by writing articles and contributing to open source projects such as Anchor CMS and the Alembic theme for Jekyll. So we know he knows his way around web technologies. But did you know he once crossed the Sahara on the back of a tortoise while reciting the complete works of Shakespeare? My smashing friends, please welcome David Dance. 
Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm smashing. Thank you for asking. So I uh, I know you not only as uh, a friend from the local tech scene here in the wonderful city of uh, Bristol, where we both live, but as someone with a rich sort of background working with different types of publishing tools. Uh, we mentioned your experience contributing to Anchor CMS. You recently did a, a load of work with Ghost. Uh, you've worked on things for Jekyll. Um, but you're also somebody who's really embedded in the sort of jam sp- Jamstack space. Uh, you work with Stackbit, and I've seen projects you've done around uh, Netlify integrations. And sort of right there at the intersection of Jamstack and publishing tools, we've got static site generators. So it's no surprise that this is something that's relevant to your interests. So I wanted to talk to you a bit about a static site generator that seems to be kind of taking the the space by storm or I don't know, maybe it's a, a sort of quiet reserved takeover, but that is uh, Eleventy. Um, it seems to be everywhere. Where's it sprung up from? I, I, I'm not going to be the Oracle of knowledge on like the origins of it or anything, but uh, uh, it's a uh, labor of love. I would describe from Zach Leatherman and um, it's, it, it it didn't it didn't catch my eye until like maybe maybe a couple a couple of years ago, but it, it it's it's in the same realm as um, Jekyll. Jekyll is like a long-standing static site generator, which um, kind of predates Jamstack as a concept anyway. Um, Jamstack being JavaScript APIs and markup to signify the jam. Um, and I've been <laughs> recently, someone said, yeah, but Jekyll doesn't fit into that Jamstack thing because there's no JavaScript. And it's like, oh, that's a good point. Um, uh, so Eleventy, Eleventy does use JavaScript uh, and more than just kind of accurately uh, being a definition of Jamstack. Um, it's also a, a very speedy and much more, I would say, approachable uh, static site generator over Jekyll. However, it does it does have the similarities of Jekyll, you know, with the with the templating language and the structure, um, albeit more flexible. So, uh, I think that's a pretty good description of Eleventy itself. I would say. I mean, you mentioned uh, things like Jekyll, which is, I guess, implemented in Ruby. Is it? Yes. Um, and we've got like Hugo in Go. Um, there's Gatsby, which is kind of on a, a React stack, um, but Eleventy is just pretty much plain JavaScript, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's one of the uh, features. I would say one of the features is that you can write regular JavaScript in there. I mean, I do that all the time when I strike up an Eleventy project. I write a bit of like Node JavaScript in the configuration file. So if I want to like source from an API, I'll get the fetch API and sling it about and try and work out the async await until I get something to come back to me. <laughs> one, of the th- one of the things I need to be better at is uh, working out how that stuff works. So I guess that means that Eleventy sort of fits in really neatly into existing Jamstack tooling. If you're, if you're already building those sorts of projects, adopting Eleventy into it is going to be quite a, a natural sort of fit. I would, I would definitely say so. I, w- I would say that it's, it, it fits it it's, it may be too hard to say this, but I feel like it fits it to a T. I feel that that is the, the is quite the definition of a Jamstack uh, tool, part of a Jamstack tool set. I must say that like Jamstack, that would include other things. So you know, an API could be a CMS of some kind that you're using Eleventy to source that content from. But definitely, I'd say Eleventy fits into that realm, and it also 
fits to somebody who wants to get somewhere precisely rather than um I, I was thinking of this analogy earlier today is uh, there's a lot of frameworks that will be like a flight to somewhere so you you fly to like glasgow but you want to go to edinburgh you want to be somewhere specific you want to be in like a specific town um so a big framework would fly you there and then you would have to spend time getting taxis and meandering to exactly what you need um 11t is much more like a precise a journey to that almost exact location um you will have to do a little bit more work you might not be able to get a flight straight over there but it's going to get you economically to that point more precisely uh, i think that uh, the analogy needs ironing out but i think that has i think it has uh substance we must have worked with other static site generators obviously we mentioned jekyll you know what's your experience been in the past with other sort of similar systems so i've um so I've used Gatsby as part of a framework, a part of a like a live project, a quite large site. Uh, I have used, so I've used Jekyll and I have used, ooh, I, I've tried Next.js and I've tried GridSML and Nuxt as well. I should probably say Nuxt and Next like at the same time, really, because they have similarities. And of course they would because they're, they're looking at each other, essentially. But um uh, they are both very good. I would, I, I, I enjoy those ones uh, out of the most out of the ones that are a bit more like JavaScript intense. Um, I had a lot, a lot of fun using them, albeit briefly. So I think Gatsby's Gatsby and Jekyll would be the ones that I've used the strongest in live projects. And uh, I would like to use Hugo because I hear it is extremely fast at like generating stuff. So that would be really cool to try out. Yes, that seems to be one of the attributes of Go as a as a language that it seems to be um, incredibly efficient and, and performant mm. uh, on that all-important build step. Do we need another static site generator? Are we reinventing the wheel here again and again and again? I mean, what what is what does Leventy do that's different from all these others? You know, why on earth would we entertain learning yet another? I uh, I mean, that's a great question. With a lot of static site generators, like why do we need another in the in the space? Uh, there's uh, as with many like open source projects, there's there's some that are built with the intention to be an open source open source project. There end of and some of them do really well and some of them not so much you can tell that there was a little bit of a not a hollow incentive but like the 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 goals of the project didn't have focus and from what i've read and heard is that zach created this because he needed something to like build something with so he built this tooling and it came to be like perfect for his needs and that that need is actually a need of a lot of other people um so it kind of fit into that that realm i i, I think that's how how that came to be but there there are a lot of static generators kind of bubbling up and servicing you know and and i, I like the variety because the variety means that um People who have done, you never know, there's people out there that are just doing Go. They don't know any JavaScript. They don't know anything else. And um, if they know Go, then Hugo might be right for them. And Java, for like 11T, I feel like I know the, the typical uh, JavaScript, HTML and CSS. And, and that seems very comfortable to me. That's my safe space. And 11T fits that 
area for me really well um more so than than jekyll did i have to say like jekyll um the plugins are a little bit kind of cumbersome to work with um i think eleventy brings something a little bit more what i was hoping for as a static site generator and it's a little bit more um uh vanilla in terms of its structure over things like uh jekyll um and uh yeah i i'd say it's not it's not perfect i i i understand that there's issues with it and there's things that uh people would well not issues but things that people would like out of it but it doesn't quite achieve that um but i think i think it's i think it's got an indie like uh appeal to it i think that's why it's it's growing fairly quickly and you make an important point about sort of matching the the technologies that you're already using. You know, if, if you're building something Go, you might use Hugo as a, a static site generator because it's just going to be the tool set that you're familiar with. And if you're building um, stuff using React, then you might choose Gatsby because that's all React. Exactly, yeah. Having something that is just, you know, sort of straightforward JavaScript and just neatly drops into that sort of ecosystem. If you're writing JavaScript all day, then it's just gonna you're gonna feel right at home and you're going to be more productive in in using it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the 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 basic job of a static site generator is to take a bunch of content, which has usually been authored outside of the tool. They don't SSGs don't deal with authoring the content. They just they accept it from somewhere. Um, often that's sort of markdown files, isn't it? Yes. Um, and they then go through some sort of templating and turn that into a set of HTML pages. Um, it, it doesn't always have to be just markdown files, though, does it, that, that uh, these things work with? No, no. I mean, uh, I would say markdown has become like the default API for content on a lot of static site generators. Some of them you can, out of the box, not use markdown or they can't be compatible with markdown. But 99% of the time, markdown files are kind of the content source. However, I find personally Eleventy to be really compatible with external static site gen. Static site, sorry, um, external CMSs, CMSs that have an API of some kind. So, uh, as you mentioned before, I worked at Ghost, and Ghost has a headless option, so it can be used an entirely a headless CMS, which means I can pull all the content out of my Ghost installation and feed that directly to Eleventy and construct all the content and APIs inside of the templating language to just render pages, uh, render content, render pretty much anything, like get the images out there as well. Um, so there, there's all sorts of like ways to pull through content. I mean, there's there's lots of different CMSs out there, you know, even more so than how many static site generators. And those CMSs can be pulled into Eleventy pretty uh, comfortably. I wouldn't say easily. You need a little bit of JavaScript knowledge, of course, but um, it's very um, typical, I would say, to pull in that content using the Fetch API or some kind of JavaScript API that the that the uh, ecosystem has. Again, Ghost has its own like JavaScript API that you can use to pull the content through. So yeah, you could use all sorts of CMSs. Again, you could use WordPress. <laughs> yes, because that, that has a headless uh, mode now, doesn't it? I guess you could use any, any sort of CMS that has an API that lets you retrieve content from it. Yeah, you could even use them together. You could use a combination of them. It's, 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 it almost kind of 
you're going back into a not a monolith project, but you're using lots of services to pull them together to use them as their strongest parts. And then, you know, products and pages and posts, and they could be all sourced from all sorts of places. Yeah, so you could have sort of marketing team maintaining a, a blog in in Ghost or in WordPress, um, and you could have some technical documentation being written just in Markdown files, and you can mix and match. Uh, and it is just a case of how you put that sort of build step together inside Eleventy. You know, how do you feed the content into into Eleventy? You don't have to write out Markdown files and point it at it. Do you? There's a more sophisticated way than that. For the Markdown files, um, conveniently, Eleventy will just take those Markdown files. It'll see it and go, well, that's Markdown. I'll start working HTML out of that one. Um, whereas for an API, um, to begin with, you would use probably something like NodeFetch to pull through that content from an API endpoint, um, turn that, you you get back like a big blob of like JSON uh, for which then you can turn that into a JavaScript object and all of those little endpoints and bits of data. Um, and then, for example, if it's posts or pages, um, that is effectively a collection of things. So, you know, a collection of blog posts or a collection of pages. So inside of Eleventy, there is a concept of collections. So what you can do is in the main Eleventy JavaScript file is say, hey, these are these posts are a collection and I want to treat them like a collection. So please add them to Eleventy's internals and let me iterate through them using uh, the default templating language in Eleventy is nunchucks, but you can use all sorts of different templating languages in there. And then you can start iterating them over them with a for loop of some kind. And then you can construct pages out of those. And it it does require a little bit of knowledge. You have to dig around in the um, documentation. Um, thankfully, on top of the documentation, there are lots of people that are creating lots of open source projects um, for which you can kind of uh, cheekily copy and paste a few bits if you're like me or <laughs> uh, but uh, probably read it a little bit to understand what's going on but there's there's lots of resources out there and, and the collections thing I think is a really powerful tool because when I've been using it I can pull in a collection from like anywhere that's like an array so the square you know the square brackets you pull it through you start creating collections and I'm starting to create posts, uh, sorry, not posts, cre creating like single pages. So like single post pages or single regular pages or uh, product pages. So I'm rendering all of those out as single HTML files and creating collection list views so I can click through to those pages. Suddenly your your sitemap is now being constructed in, in, you know, not very many moves. It's uh, very powerful seems to um, strike something of a balance uh, sort of using it in, in that way with content sourced from a CMS. It, it kind of strikes a balance between the robustness and, and speed of a, of a static site and having a nice to work with content editing suite of tools that um, the less technical people in an organization who may be authoring content would be more comfortable using. Yes, so it's uh, it's got quite an interesting option uh, to be able to do that, to be able to pull in different sources uh, of data. And I guess that would really suit people as well who are working with legacy systems, um, as long as they can get to yeah. it with a, an API of, of some sort, as long as they can make a make some sort of HTTP request. And, and even if, I guess, even if that's in RSS mm. or whatever, that would all be workable with. 
We, uh, you, you talked a little bit there about uh, templating and, and the fact that um, 11T uh, has different templating engine options. I mean, historically, lots of systems can be quite opinionated about which templating language that they use. Um, and often, actually, a lot of the functionality that you have within an SSG comes from the templating engine. Um, 11T isn't particularly opinionated, is it? <laughs> no, I have to say it's it's very... It's it's as close as unopinionated as you could get. It, it, it a bit of a personal view, but I, I struggle to see any framework or anything that can be unopinionated because somebody, in order to create something, you have to have an opinion on how you want to do something. <laughs> it's kind of an oxymoron, but I'm, I'm sure people could correct me on that. Um, but yes, yeah, you can kind of you can switch to whatever templating language you feel most comfortable with i mean we were just talking about uh languages that you are comfortable with um 11 appeals to that in 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 a sort of sense with what templating languages you use inside you your html or heck even your css if you want and for me i i just switch straight to the nunjux because nunjux is the default templating language inside of 11 and that means i can use the .html extension and kind of leave it as it is. Now, I'm just going to confuse people even more and say you you can kind of name that however you want anyway. <laughs> you can have real fun with it. Um, but you can use handlebars. Um, I think you can just use like regular like JavaScript templating and iterate through it like that. Um, handlebars quite popular. Um, Liquid as well. Um, I, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but um, if you set it all up in the, in the configuration you can just pick however you want it i i'd say i'm a real big fan of just templating languages in general um it wasn't too long ago when i found out that you could use twig inside of wordpress and that kind of blew my mind i was like oh thank goodness i don't have to handle the for loop inside of php again i can some, something a little bit more comfortable and understandable to my you know more readable as well so um yeah 11 has lots of different templating options and uh, it, it should appeal to people who are comfortable with those different ones yeah just just looking at the um the documentation for 11 it, it's not just a case of there is a default templating language and if you're really determined you can switch it out with something else there is a great big list of options that you can you can choose mm. from um you mentioned liquid uh, handlebars mustache um javascript template literals uh, just html um and and uh, all sorts ones i don't recognize mm. ejs haml pug who knows pug pug oh uh, yes I'm presuming that's still a templating language. Yeah, it used to. Be, I think it used to be. Yeah, it used to be called Jade, didn't it? And then oh, they had that to what? rename it because some. Yeah, because something else was called Jade, so they had to change the name. Okay, or vice versa. Well, there we go, Pug. That's quite fun. <laughs> um, so the sort of community around open source tools can be kind of really important, can't it, in setting the tone for what it's like to to learn and to get help when you need it. And you mentioned that there were sort of people um, building stuff. What, what's the community like around 11T? For, well, all I can answer is from my personal point of view. So uh, other experiences could, could vary. And, um, you know, I would want to kind of strengthen that community, but I found it to be really strong and really welcoming. And um, 
encouraging like the, the people are really keen to like want people to have a go with stuff because for a lot of people 11t could be that little extra step from taking a single quote flat html file and turning it into something more rich you know it could be somebody that oh i have this html file and this is my portfolio site um i want to put my github projects on there but how do i keep it in sync with my github account well api pull it through with 11t and i'm you know people are creating example projects of that all the time um there's lots of different blog templates and um yeah there's lots of people working hard to uh give people starting points for it whether it be really quite intense uh and complex uh starters right down to something really base level so um, well in my opinion base level um so things like for doing css um, uh, compiling and uh you know like really low level stuff to sort out your javascript bundles and things like that right up to you know you want to get all the best scores at your lighthouse and you want to like have like image uh, resizing and you want all of those kind of powerful tooling and you want to just hit a button and get started with it. And, uh, you know, they might hit like that deploy to Netlify button probably and, and have a site running within a few minutes. So yeah, back to the community part. I'd say the community part is, is I, I veered off then, but yeah, I would say the community is really strong, really encouraging. And, um, I'd like to think that Zach's attitude towards the community is permutating into the rest of it. And he, ha- he has a, uh, a good heart, <laughs> I would say. I'd agree with that. And you mentioned uh, sort of starting points uh, and things. There seems to be quite a, an ecosystem of, of different um, of different sorts of tem- templates and starting points and, and things with Eleventy. Um, is it all just kind of based on just publishing blog type stuff or, or is there anything more advanced in there? I I would be inclined to say there probably is probably too many blog template starters. I, I think that's that, that's that's a I think that's a symptom of a lot of static site generators. I, I, I think Gatsby suffers from that quite hard. Like there's a lot of blog template starters, which you know is is useful and everything, but there's there's a lot of dev bloggers who who can do all sorts and start from wherever they want there's lots of starting points for them to get going with things and they can get involved with code as much as they like um it would be nice to see some more variation in the community like maybe some more e-commerce ones and some more starting points from people who are creating real life projects um you know i i mean uh, you could accuse me as well of making starters that are very much for blogging and things like that. So I, I, I could probably help in that in that sense to to make more e-commerce starters and things like that. But I, I've seen quite quite a lot of them. There's a, a performance blog template starter that I've been working with, and that is very powerful. But again, that's that's a blog templating starter. I, I I think there's quite a there's there's a lot out there, but there's there's quite a few focused on blogging and portfolio stuff like that. It'd be good to see more uh, wider market. You know, this is how WordPress kind of came to be. You know, WooCommerce and all of that kind of sense where it does all sorts of different things and it's used on a very kind of commercial level. So maybe maybe when 1.0 of Eleventy drops, uh, you know, some kind of gear change will will happen don't don't quote me on that 
<laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting point, actually, because Eleventy uh, has been out uh, for quite a while now, but it's it's still zero point zero point eleven at the moment. Yes, <laughs> is, it, do you, have you, is there any inkling that um, one might be on the on the horizon, or does it is that academic at this point? I follow Zach on Twitter, and I see some tweets every so often. The, the flirtatious idea of one one point dropping. Um, <laughs> I, I, that is one of the things that makes me a bit reserved to use it on like commercial projects because um, when I see 1.0 applied to a project, I see that uh, the developers or the people that are working on the project think it's good enough to be 1.0. So if Zach puts 1.0 on it, he thinks it's good enough to be used in a commercial sense. Mm. That's that's how I I see it. Um, that doesn't stop me from like using it for like all sorts of different kind of projects out there, but it, it does give me a little bit of reservation and um, um, I, yeah, it almost sounds like I'm being a detriment to, to saying, saying it's a bad thing of a levity. I think it's just, a, we're just waiting for like 1.0 to, to land so we can use that as a bit more of official thing and, and, and bring it up in kind of client meetings to say, oh, there's this thing called Eleventy. Um, it's a stable project. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's for commercial use. It's, it's, it's something we can use. I mean, I, I, I've, that is to say, uh, there has been a React dependency once in a while that wasn't version point one, and yet we still used it on like live stuff because it was like that's the only way I've seen anyone else do it. I guess that's the is the convention, isn't it, with um, semantic versioning that while something's at zero point whatever, that the API could just change all the time. It's almost like every release could be like a major new version. Yes. In practice, it's probably, you know, 11T, I think, is is one of those that's much more stable than that. And perhaps what we're actually experiencing here is is more like a, um, a, a version 1 point whatever with an off by one error. Yes, yes, it's, that's more the case. But um, in terms of uh, sort of structuring uh, projects, and this might take us a little bit away from 11T in particular, but it, it does apply. Yes. Um there are kind of different ways you can build your tool chain with static site generators. You can do things like, you know, run run like Eleventy locally, generate a whole load of HTML files. You can then like commit those HTML files to your repo and, and publish that. Um, or you, if you're using a, a hosting provider that has sort of a, a, the capability to run a build process, you just sort of commit your source content um, and uh, and then have that. The sort of build process run up on your on your hosting. Are there sort of pros and cons of of each way? I mean, how do you typically do that? And and are there pros and cons of doing it either way? I mean, that's a good question actually, because the, the one of the one of the cons. I mean, if people are already listening who already use a lot of stack site generators, they probably know about uh, platforms like Netlify and Vercel that do the build processing automatically. So any change to a to the code base will mean that a rebuild will happen. But I was about to say one of the one of the drawbacks to that is that the the process just kind of disappears into the into the realm of of the um hosting and the deployment system. Now I I, I can watch that build process happen, but the client can't watch that 
because you know it'll be like the matrix you see they won't see blonde and brunette and stuff like that um they'll they'll just see a load of like characters happening and they might understand some of the wording but really they want to see the change they want to see a aka a preview of something happening so there is a detriment to that as opposed to having almost a, a build process locally to them that that automatically regenerates that there are cms's out there that can that can do that and there's also static type generators that can do that as well and build that process in i believe Next.js has a preview option which means that you can pull that api content straight through and see it or immediately um so there is there is a drawback to that, but I would say there's more of a drawback to doing it the uh, quote manual method of rebuilding it locally and then pushing up your directory of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript and just slinging a big blob of it at a SFTP server. Um, uh, that is to say that I have I have done it. <laughs> I have had to do it for certain certain reasons. I mean, I, I do remember using Surge to um, host stuff. And that's a static hosting platform, but it didn't have a deployment like build process. I don't think. I don't think it has either now. So what I would do is build it and then hit throw it at Surge and just host it there, which was really useful for prototype development. So I, I would be building stuff with Jamstack principles and creating prototypes with that. Build it, throw it up to a Surge domain, and then share it with my team and share it with like. QA people to understand what's going on. Um, so there are there are pros and cons. I guess they're they're different purposes. So you know the manual process is good for people who are in the code and are wanting to understand, wanted to keep an eye on everything and control the dials more. And then the build process or having it all automatically done with things like Netlify and um, Vercel means that they can automate the whole thing. Not only that, use things like build hooks to automatically regenerate regenerate the site when they make a content change when the client makes content change on something like wordpress so the content change happens and then a build process is begun on netlify and it will rebuild the entire site uh you know for example like 11t 11t will rebuild and the new content will appear there i guess the uh sort of doing it the the manual way Gives you the ability if you if you if you are pulling in content from systems that might just exist on a private network, or you know might not be may not have APIs that are publicly accessible, uh, that would need to be then done offline, wouldn't it? Yes, you couldn't do that in the cloud if those APIs weren't available. No, that's that is true. You would you you probably have local uh, credentials that you would only be able to access from your machine. That is a good point and. Uh, I guess that that adds a bit more of a layer of security, and the de- the kind of publishing process is, is a bit more officialized. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that larger platforms, like you know, I could see things like the Guardian, like if something needs to go published, um, having a single publish button seems a little bit too um, uh, powerful, uh, and having like a, a publishing process that gets approved um, by you know developers and uh, editors. Um, because the site is so reliant on the web, there would be web um, content people working together to get that up there. So, yeah, that is a good point. One of the um, attributes of static size generators that have sort of caused me to migrate projects to different platforms in the past has been the speed of that build step. 
um, the time it takes to process all your content into HTML pages. How does 11T fare on that front? Is it is it quick? Is it slow? I would say it is one of the quickest, definitely one of the fastest. Um, it's hugely faster than Jekyll. I'm sorry, Jekyll. I, I love you, but uh, it, it's um, I've got a I've got a a uh, project somewhere that is ten minutes to rebuild, and it's not a particularly large amount of content. Yeah, Jekyll. It, you'll see the difference if you're coming from Jekyll. Uh, by the way, if I haven't made it clear, if you're coming from Jekyll and you want to look at something newer, I definitely suggest looking at Eleventy as your next uh, stack site generator. Um, again, it, but it's it's not the fastest. I would say Hugo is the the fastest being running on Go, um, but it, it's Eleventy it, is based on JavaScript, so it's only going to be as fast as JavaScript itself. Um, I guess. The familiarity of JavaScript is how it would beat it in terms of like Hugo. There's a bit more of a smaller community with Hugo. So that's how you would trump it in that sense. But on pure speed, Eleventy is just behind it. But I think that's a nice place to be in, to be one of the fastest. Um, and I know other static site generators and generative tools or frameworks out there are much slower in processing a large amount of content. So if you're looking for something that generates documentation, you, as you would know, low, like documentation sites can be massive and, and, and 11T would, would happily uh, digest that <laughs> and turn it into a site. <laughs> ingest, I think. <laughs> in, ingest, yes. Ingest, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess JavaScript is a is a good sort of place to be. It's a good bet to make um, if you're looking for looking for speed because there, in terms of the ecosystem, um, there's a lot of effort all the time in improving the the engines and and making them making it run faster uh, because so many people are depending on JavaScript for so much these days. Yeah, you mentioned sort of large large sets of content, and sometimes you see things like. Well, all sorts of publishing tools, but static site generators, CMSs, that um, um, sort of provide a really good demo of of workflow and and speed and everything when they've just got twenty blog posts in them. Um, but then, as the content you know volume grows over time, uh, they just get completely bogged down and they don't they don't scale and they don't they can't respond well to large you know they don't respond linearly to large amounts of content. Have you got? Any experience with sort of big content sets in 11T or, or know if people have been working that way with it? Um, that's, a, that's a great question because I, I haven't actually used it myself with large content sets. Um, but I do know that there are fast kind of quotes of build times for thousands of pages at, at a time. Um, I would caveat in that saying in... Um, I don't know how contrived those pages are. They could be just, you know, a kind of paragraph, a couple of paragraphs or something like that. Nothing too kind of complex. Um, but I, w I would say that in, in my experience, I've, I've used Gatsby um, and other generative tools that have large content sets. And uh, I would say 11T leaves it in the, in the dust quite, quite measurably, which is, which is the same to like kind of, uh, things like Gatsby that are kind of fall fall behind because they because they're doing so much other stuff going on. I mean, one of the one of the great things about Eleventy is that if you have a project that just has some HTML files in it, 
it'll do it. It'll just go through them. It'll just output it and do its thing. Like you can, you can be very low level and you can be very high level with it. Um, whereas on a Gatsby project, you, you know, the benefit is having all of those kind of features and tooling in there, but it's also a detriment as well. It kind of, you're already slow because you're doing all of these magical things and now I've got to undo it. But, you know, again, it's that starting point that you want to go with. Um, but I would say, it, I would say it's, it's, it's very fast. I I would need to citation needed <laughs> for actual uh, build examples. But, uh, what's the, what's the documentation like with 11T? Is it um, pretty comprehensive or? I, I find it, all right to navigate. I understand I've seen a few comments about people having trouble getting around the documentation and and I see their their gripes. I mean I'm not you know, I'm not the the source on like the best documentation there is, but as part of my job I do a lot of content for documentation sites. I've done it for Ghost and I did it for Anchor CMS and I've done it for I did it for Basekit as well, like building out the templating documentation there and in in comparison i I think it still requires a little bit of uh navigating and a little bit of understanding of how 11t works itself before you get get around and find find your way around i i personally have had struggles where i'm going where is this i've seen this before on this page and it is there so i there is lots of content and there are lots of references to external projects and examples and articles and all sorts of different things. So there's lots out there. Um, but I think the documentation just needs a little bit of improvement and things. And um, that's not that's not directed at Zach because it's an open source project. The documentation is there for everybody to contribute to, myself included. And so, whoops. And so you know, everybody can improve that over time and especially with a community like that, I could see that documentation really shining. Um, but I, I, I would say it, it's there. It's all the, all the documentation is there for you to use, but I, it does require a little bit of um, navigating. Mm. I think it's a fairly common problem, isn't it, with documentation that everybody thinks in, in, different, in different ways and would expect to find things in different ways. So it's almost impossible to structure a set of documentation that's going to be perfect for everyone. Yeah. Um, you kind of have to choose which, which shape it's going to be um, and, and, and it'll, I hope it'll work well for, for most of the people and will be acceptable to those who, who look at the problem in, a, in the other way. Definitely. Is there a sort of uh, an ideal project that would be suited to 11 like down to the ground. Like if, if somebody came to you and said, I've got this type of project and you think, ah, yes, 11 is the solution for that. What is that type of project? Um, I think one of the best types of projects for 11 is a front of house website. So a front of house website would be the, you know, a lot of people call it like the .com, you know, the site that people go to to find out about, a company or a product or something like that. So um, the kind of contrived example would be um, a contact page, about us page and home page, you know, all the all the classics. Um, but definitely a front of house website, uh, possibly the documentation and the blog as well. As as you kind of grow that site, 
11T will grow with that and you can add your blog being sourced from wherever you can add your documentation again, being sourced from somewhere else. Um, I've, I'm about to do a few projects that are with 11T and using it on front of house sites. I think it's a really like ideal use for it. Um, that is to say it can't, it's not that it can't do those other things. Like you could do a PWA, like an entire application with it if you want to. Um, but for me, like that front of house websites, you know, like promotional sites that show people, companies like services and you do like a nice pricing page and stuff like that. You can source all that content into there. I think that's those types of sites are really good um, candidates for 11T. What would be the the best way for somebody to get started with 11T? What should they do if they think this sounds good? Where do they go? I guess they would go to 11T, whichever way it's spelled, 11ty.dev. I would I would definitely go there um, and check that out. I would also hit up a few articles. I know that there is 11T from scratch by Andy Bell. That is a good content source. That That's a kind of a, a premium course for you to learn 11T. Um, I would also check out, I think there's a few others. I need to strike them up. Maybe we can, can we put those in the show notes or something? That would be. Yes, definitely. Yep. Uh, I'll find the ones that I've been looking at. <laughs> Fantastic. So, I mean, you mentioned that uh, you've got some projects coming up that um, that you'd be using 11T on. You've, you've recently gone freelance, haven't you? What, what sort of uh, what sort of projects and, and work are you sort of hoping to take on? Oh, this is this is is this my opportunity to plug? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Thank you. So, yes, I have recently become full freelance, um, and. My intentions are to work on front-end development and documentation and content, as well as a piece of design. I do have some uh, design background. Some, I have a degree, but the, the, what do degrees mean now? Um, <laughs> so, yes, it's a, it's a myriad of those three uh, areas. So I do quite a lot of front-end development with... 11T and like Jekyll and uh, I've done a fair bit of WordPress and things like that. So lots of different front end projects and I will uh, stretch to the full stack uh, characteristics if needs be, as as a lot of devs end up doing uh, under their, you know, whether they want to or not. Um, I do that and I do uh, documentation for content. So uh, content for documentation, I should say, quite a lot of experience with different site builders and building out the documentation for that. I've also done a lot of articles for various different platforms. I've, I've written for Tuts Plus and I've written for um, Siteleaf, which is a, another headless CMS for Jekyll. That's a pretty good CMS. Um, and I have actually in the past done some video courses. It's been a, it's been a little while. It's kind of the origin of this microphone is, is doing a few, uh, video to, uh, video courses and stuff like that, which is really cool. That kind of stuff. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> that's great. Exciting times. So, uh, I've been learning all about Eleventy. Uh, what have you been learning about lately, Dave? Oh, uh, well, I'll be honest. I've been learning a bit of 11T as well. Like I, I'm not the, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> like I said, I'm not like the, the fountain of knowledge on it, uh, but uh, it's, it's great to kind of just jump into, uh, the, I'm working with 11T and I find something that I want to know more about and I jump into the docs. And it's interesting how many little 
tips and tricks are in there. I really enjoy that. And I've been learning, um, yeah, I've been trying to get my head around Hugo. Is the template in language quite different, but um, it's it's quite cool. It's quite cool. I, I, I like it. And I want to learn more of that. I've also been doing a bit more about um, uh, build plugins for Netlify. I, I built a uh, did a uh, build plugin, which means that you can kind of add stuff into the build process on Netlify's platform. Um, that's quite cool. I've been learning a bit more of that, but learning a bit more on Node. And um, well, I guess I've been learning how to make coffee as well. I'm a bit coffee obsessed, so I kind of, in my spare time, I, I try and learn how the best way to do it. And then I sip it and I go, hmm, that tastes <laughs> like coffee. I must have done... I must have done it right. When I, I'm quite proud of myself because I've got to the step where I don't need to add sugar to my own coffee so it tastes <laughs> okay. Before I was doing it so badly, I had to put, add sugar to kind of oh dear. mask the bad bits. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. If you, dear listener, would like to hear more from Dave, you can find him on Twitter where he's at David Dance. His personal website, you can see his work and hire him to work on your projects. It's at darn.es. Espana, ole. Uh, <laughs> thanks, for thanks for joining us today, Dave. Do you have any parting words? Uh, all I say is thank you, Drew, for inviting me onto the show. And uh, people feel free to tweet me about all sorts of stuff. And please correct me if I said anything wrong. I love to learn. Thank you. This is Smashing. And that was our podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And if you liked it, please share it with your friends. Find us on the web at smashingmagazine.com, on Twitter at Smashing Mag, Smashing Magazine on Facebook, or in the supermarket by the cat food. Oh, oh, oh.